today. If we don't get to all of it, we'll we'll hit we'll do it uh, next week. Uh, Ron Runner, as Christian, God uh, uses uh, in the Bible uh, the illustration of uh, runners being Christians being runners, and we've gotten down to uh, D. Run with patience. Let's see here. Yeah, here we go. We started out with wider run, which was run because of the witness of heroic runners and run to win the prize. Then how to run. Run with all you have. Run within the rules. Run without weights. Run with patience. And that's where we are today, run with patience. Uh, there's only about uh, two or three points here. Uh, I don't know if we have any out. Do we have any outlines? Brother Eddie, is there any outlines left? I know we have. They're all gone. Okay. There's only two or three points here that's left to go on the outline anyway. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 36 is where we will start today. It says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. And we use phrases today like keep on keeping on, keep doing the right thing, keep the main thing the main, main thing. And that's what this verse is talking about. Although, you know, you can do something, you can do about anything, uh, a long time, and it, it seems like you're just spinning wheels. And sometimes you don't see the progress that you want, would like to see, but you just got to keep on going. You got to keep on going and doing what God has told you to do. Uh, when these situations come into our life, when we come uh, to those times where it seems like we're not making progress, we're out, we actually are making prog progress because we are maturing. When you, you keep on going, even though it seems like you're not getting anywhere, you are maturing. It helps you on down the road, and it helps you to keep going for the Lord. Uh, you grow stronger in the Lord the more you rely on Him when you're not seeing that progress. But you still know that's what God wants you to do. And in James 1, verses 3 and 4, it says, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith... Work is patience. And I'm going to talk about that word trying for just a minute. Uh, the Greek word actually means trial or trying, a testing, by implication, trustworthiness. And we know that God is trustworthy, so we are uh, trying our faith, is put, continuing to put our faith in Him, even though we don't see any progress from it. So we, there are times that we, our faith is tried, but it tells us that it worketh patience. And then verse 4, But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So I want to go over a few words in that verse. First, perfect. And we, we know probably most of all, if not all of us, know that perfect here means uh, mature. It means complete. 
in various applications of labor, growth, mental, and moral character. Uh, so when the Bible, most of the time when the Bible says perfect, it's talking about being complete or being mature. We know that as Christians, we are not perfect, but we are to mature. And as you mature, you get you're you're getting you're supposed to be trying to attain that perfection that you're never going to get. But it's still that's the direction that you're supposed to be going in. And then it says that you may be perfect and entire, whole, complete in every part, perfectly sound. And that's where we you can be perfectly sound now, and 10 years later, you should be more perfectly sound than you were 10 years ago. There are things to attain. There are goals to reach. And as I said, we're never going to reach that perfection, but that should be our goal. And then wanting to be destitute, to lack, to fail or be absent. We are not to want the things of the Lord. We are to reach out and have those things. And then nothing means not even one. It, it, it means, if you look up the Greek, that's what it means. It means absolutely nothing. We can have everything that God wants us to have. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And... Sheila, come here. You know where that plug's in at? Do you know where this plug's in at back there? All right. I forgot to plug it in. It don't work if you don't plug the other end in. Hmm? It's on a wire on this side over here. All right, sorry about that. We were back there getting the PowerPoint up and getting it ready, and I never hooked up to it. Uh, but we'll go ahead and read this ver verse that I was trying to pull up now. Romans 5, 3, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And I've told people before, don't ask for patience, be patient. Because it, it, a lot of times, patience comes by tribulation. And if we're not patient, God will help us. But we can be patient. So we know that tribulation worketh it. Now, we just talked about up here that the trying of our faith. So God will... Give us a little trying of our faith to work patience. And if that doesn't work, he can use tribulation. I'd rather just have a time, a period of waiting than a period of tribulation. But we need to be patient. The word tribulation, and I'm getting these words, and we're going to go over, if we don't get done today, we will do it uh, next week, go over how to find these meanings in the Strong's Concordance. And you don't have to carry this big book around anymore. You can just click. And you, all the information I'm giving you on these definitions is a click away. 
As long as you know how to get the computer turned on, you're okay. And it's okay if you don't know how to turn a computer on. I worked with a guy a few years ago. He was 25 years old. He said, I don't even know how to turn one on. I said, I didn't think there was any 25 years old around that didn't know how to turn a computer on. So tribulation, affliction, persecution, pressure literally or figuratively, afflicted, anguish, burdened, persecution, trouble. We know what tribulation is. So you don't really gain a lot by looking up the Greek there, but I wanted to give it to you. Sometimes it reinforces what we know to be true. Now let me say this. I'm talking about going into another book and studying and studying words. The Strong's Concordance is not inspired by God. Okay? So if you ever get in there, and I have, I've seen a word, and it give a definition, and several verses did not back up that definition, but went a different direction. Is the Bible correct, or is the Strong's Concordance correct? The Bible is correct. So if there's ever any doubt in your mind, you go with what the Bible says. So tribulation, and then worketh, to produce, to perform, or to work out, accomplished by implication to finish. So tribulation will get you to patience. That's what it's meant to do. It, means, it is meant to work patience in your life. And then patience itself, enduring, steadfast, cheerful or hopeful endurance, constancy, constancy, enduring patience, patient continuance, waiting. That's what patience is. And we have to have patience because we can know what God said is true. That's, what, that's the reason we're able to have patience. If I tell you I'm going to do something and I don't give you a date, you don't know when it's going to happen, and I tell you I'm going to do it, and a month goes by, two months go by, you, you, you probably just write me off. It's not going to happen. But if God said he was going to do it, he don't always tell us when it's going to happen. But he said, this is the way it's going to be. This is, what, this, what, this is the fruit of doing this. It will happen. It takes patience. And then Brother Tim uh, brought something out about rejoicing a while ago. And I think now this is probably the, the word that will, the strong concordance of what I've looked up it will help us the most. And that is glory. But we glory in tribulations. Yay! We glory in tribulations. But that word glory, sometimes I don't think we glory enough. Now, I know it's hard to glory in tribulation, but there's good times uh, that we glory in. And it seems like that we... It's all in here. It's all in here. But the Greek means to boast now if I'm really happy and I'm just that's not boasting boasting comes out boast glory joy rejoice brother Tim we are to glory when we glory in the Lord there is rejoicing that comes with it you're not giving much glory when something and I Hey, it's hard to glory in tribulations. I know that. 
But when something good has happened and all you can do is talk about what bad has happened and what you haven't got, we need to glory in the Lord. We need to rejoice in the Lord. So that's what we need to have patience. James 5.11 Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. And if you read just a few chapters of Job in the start and a few chapters in the end, or basically one or two and one or two, out of the 40, I think it is, you'll realize that Job lost everything and God gave him double what he had. But some time went by, some, some tribulations come, but Job was patient. Job was patient. So why don't you have the patience of Job? You know more about the mercy and rewards of God than Job did. Why don't we have that patience? Hebrews 11, 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And when you're diligently seeking something, you have to have patience. You know it's coming. You know it's there. Sometimes it's, we have to find it. Sometimes there's certain things we need to do, but it's coming. We di- if we're diligently Seeking, God is a rewarder. And so we have to have the patience from where we start seeking until God rewards. We have to have that patience. All right, so we're moving on to the next point. Where to run? We're talking about being a runner for Christ. The fastest, strongest, most agile runner will never win if he is on the wrong racetrack. Satan will get you on the wrong racetrack if you're not careful. He'll have you doing all the wrong things for all the right reasons. Now, you can do all the wrong things for all the right reasons, and neither one of them work out. But a runner, even proper breathing technique developed through hours of training, accomplishes nothing if he reaches the wrong finish line. As Christians, we must be careful that we run the race Christ has set before us. Rather than choosing our own direction, we want to reach the proper finish line. And a lot of times with Christians, uh, the reason they don't finish the race or do well in the race that God has set before them is because they try to run somebody else's race. So we have to be, we have to Uh, have that relationship with God that we know he's talking to us and this is what he wants us to do. There's some things that we all should do, but there's some things specifically for individuals to do. So we are to run to Christ. During the earthly ministry of Jesus, multitudes ran to him and found that he could meet every need. So we have some verses that talk about that. Uh, Mark 5, 6, but when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Mark 6 and 33, and the people saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot thither out, all city, thither out of all cities, and outwent him, 
and came together unto him. So Jesus, here's this is where Jesus is getting in the boat and going across, and they go around. And they ran, and they beat him there. Mark 6, 55 and 56. And ran through that whole region round about and began to carry about in beds those that were sick where they heard he was. And whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch it, that they might touch if it were but the border of his garment. And many as touched him were made whole. Jesus always had the answer for those who came to them. Their running was never in vain. When you have a need or difficulty, your best source of help is Christ. Run to him in prayer, bringing your troubles to him. Run to him always in joy, sorrow, sickness, health, need, and praise. Jesus is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Now, some run to Christ, but some run the other way. Proverbs 6 and 38, And heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief. So when the pressures of life are getting to you and you can't seem to keep up, ask yourself, in what direction are your feet headed? Many times we want to get out of the pressure so bad we run in any direction we can find. The right direction is always to run to Christ. Are you running to Christ or running away from him? And then run to the finish line. Runners have one goal in mind, the finish line, right? They don't care about anything else going on in the world as long when they're in that race, that's what they're trying to do. They're willing to endure fatigue, pain, and heat just to cross the line, even if they collapse on the other side of the line. Are you a runner for Christ? Are we runners for Christ? Are you willing to endure fatigue, pain, and heat just to cross the line? even if we collapse on the other side. Now, it seems like when we're talking about runners, you talk, of course, we've talked about a lot about the Olympics last week, and these runners in the Olympics, we, we see the effort that they put out and the endurance that they have and what they endure to, get, to win the race. God says that's what we're supposed to do for him. We're not supposed to be in the stands. We're supposed to be on the track. Running the race. And we covered 1 Corinthians 9 24, but we're going to read it again. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. God has rewards for you, He has benefits for you that are only for you. And if you have somebody running with you and you quit and they run on, they're not going to get your rewards, so they've got their own. And yours will go, you, you, you have things that God wants you to have. But you have to have patience. Paul was talking to the Corinthians about running the race for Christ. And obviously, they had excuses. 
he has the same answer for every excuse. He's trying to tell them that they need to run. He says, so run. But we say, there's people that don't want to hear. So run. I've been hurt. So run. I'm tired. So run. I've been sick. So run. I'm shy. So run. I might not do it right. So run. Someone else can do it better. So run. I'm too old. So run. Do you have a really, really good excuse? So run. We keep trying to come up with reasons why I can't. Let's come up with some reasons why I can't. Shortly before Paul's death, he had the distinct joy of writing to Timothy. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Do you know who loves his appearing? Runners. During the 68 Olympics held in Mexico City, Tanzania's marathon runner, John Stephen Aquary, and I'll, Brother Eddie, I'll get you to tell me if I said that right. After <laughs> I don't know how you say it. Demonstrated to the world the significance of crossing the finish line. And it's all wrote down here. I'm not going to read it, but he's run the marathon, right? So he's run the marathon, and he falls. He cuts his knee and dislocates his knee. Of course, everybody just starts passing him. And, of course, you know, it's, it's, although it was, what did I say, 68, they still had television back then. And so, you know, he's, I would assume that they, they actually had him on film, you know, that he got hurt. and Everybody, everybody assumes he's just going to quit, you know, that he can't, can't win the race. So he bandaged himself up, got some makeshift bandages, and he continues on. So the race is won. If you ever watch the Olympics, you know, they win the race, and then, you know, the gold and silver and the bronze get up. All the awards have been given. And an hour later, so there weren't many people when he got there. Of course, this is the marathon. This is one of the big, big races of the Olympics. The stands were full. But not many people were left when they got there. But there was a reporter there. And he said, what made you continue? You surely knew you would never win. He said, my country did not send me 5,000 miles to Mexico City to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. There are many Christians who were terrific starters in their race, but sadly they are now on the sidelines. 
Perhaps they were wounded by criticism, crippled by fear, or devastated by tragedy. Some have simply grown weary of running. Whatever the reason, they have chosen not to press on to the finish line. doesn't matter when you got out of the race. What matters is when you get back in the race. Now, that's the time to get back in. When you realize you're off track, when you realize you're out of the race, get back on track, get back in the race. If you're resting by the sidelines, let me encourage you to get back in the race. Finish strong for the glory of God. Run to Jesus. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Paul endured many track wounds. He said in Acts 20 and 24, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. May each one of us have the joy of crossing the finish line and finding ourselves in the arms of the Savior. We need to be a runner for Christ. We put out a lot of effort in a lot of different ways and areas of our life. We should put that effort out for Jesus as well. Brother Eddie, you can hand those papers out. Now, I'm not expecting what I'm about to do to turn everybody into an expert studier of the Bible. And I know that there's probably people in here that don't work on a computer at all. That's okay. I know there's some that can simply have the uh, website of King James Bible online, and you can do everything that's on this paper without me saying a word. But if there's three people here that this will help study the Word of God, then it's been worth the time. It's not going to take long. I didn't want to pass these out beforehand because I didn't know for sure that we would get to this point. I'm going to go ahead and start, and y'all probably. But this is kingjamesbibleonline.org. I don't know what you get if you put in .com. But this is .org. Now, one reason this is a good website, if you pull up the Scripture, unless you select a different version, you will get the King James Version. It's actually not that easy to get a different version, but I've never selected it, but it's in, in there somewhere. So when you pull this up, you see I have it circled there. It says, select a book. And then you click on that arrow drop down and you see 
the books in order come up. So I put in here, click on John. And you'll see John instead of Genesis. And then you do the drop down on the chapter and click on three. You'll see the three there. And then over to the right, you click on that arrow. And you'll see chapter three of the book of John. I know for some of you saying, well, it's slow. Believe me, some are not keeping up, so we're all right. So you got the book of John, and then you're going to go to, you're just going to scroll down the page, all right, to verse 16. When you get the, your cursor on that, it'll highlight itself, and you click on that, and it will bring that verse out by itself. And then once you get to there, where I, let me say it how I said it here. You scroll down on that same page until you see translation details for John 3.16. And you'll see all the words in that verse in little squares. So if there's one of the words you need, and sometimes it's a, a group of words like the world. Now then Strong's Concordance does not have a, the, that, and so on. Okay? And I forgot what those are called. Uh, articles. They don't have the articles. Most of you were better off when I said A, D, and that, right? Uh, so we're going to go with whosoever. So you click on that whosoever. And when you click on it, it will bring you up. It will give you a Strong's Concordance number. If you haven't used the Strong's Concordance before, you have no idea what that is. But here you don't need to know if you're doing this. So you scroll down. Let me say it like I put it. You scroll down a little, and you will see a list of definitions down there for the word whosoever. And you probably can't see them down there. It is every, all manner of, including all the forms of declension, apparently a primary wealth. Now, I will say this. There's a lot of things in here you sort of have to weed out and take out of there because it gives you everything. Thoroughly whatsoever, whole whosoever. Of course, that's one of those words. You know what the word means anyway. So if you want to study some words, sometimes you're reading in the Bible. And there's a word in there that you think you know what it is. And you're completely wrong. You can find out if you're right. Sometimes it's a verse. You want to study every word, and you can do that. You can study every word in the verse and see what it means. Uh, the, the reason you may not know what the meaning of the word is is because the English language has changed, and it was correct when it was written, but we've changed the meaning of the word that's in the Bible. And so sometimes you may be reading and say, well, I don't understand that. Because it says this. Well, what it said then is not what we're, we don't use, we don't have the same definition of that word anymore. But 
like I said, if this has helped three people learn how to study a little bit, it's worth my while, our while. As a Christian runner, we have the privilege of running the course he has designed for each of us. With the prize before us and our weights behind us, we must strive every day to throw every ounce of our energy into winning the race. When obstacles come, we must meet them with patience. When we are wearied and wounded, we must run to Christ. For if we continue running, we will one day have the joy of crossing the finish line and hearing our coach and friend say, well done. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the race that you give each of us. And, Lord, it's like being in the Olympics. We may all be running a different race, Lord, but we're all running, Lord, for the prize of the high calling of Jesus Christ, Lord. Lord, help us, first of all, to realize what the race is. And then, Lord, to run it with all that we have. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.